You are now listening to The Model Health Show with Sean Stevenson. For more, visit themodelhealthshow.com. Welcome to The Model Health Show. This is fitness and nutrition expert Sean Stevenson, and I'm so grateful for you tuning in with me today. I think that a big part of our success in life and a big part of our experience of happiness and health and well-being has to do with us really embracing and understanding the role of our story. All right? I know this might sound a little bit crazy, but our story is incredibly powerful and we're all on this journey. And in a sense, we're kind of like the star in our own movie. But sometimes we pass off that starring role to other people, right? We, we try to pretend like we're just a, a bystander or an extra in our own movie, but it's really about embracing that hero role in our movie and in our story and understand that all the things that we've been through in our life has been leading us to something exceptional, right? And your story is in process right now. That's the great part about it. And as soon as you realize that you are the hero in this story and you take that pen and you start writing, you might not have been in full control of your story in the beginning, but right now you have the opportunity to finish writing this story and writing your journey the way that you really want to. It doesn't matter what you've been through historically. It doesn't matter what circumstances, what bad decisions you may have made or may not have made. The time is now to really take control. And now we have so many incredible examples of folks who've been on just crazy trajectories and they've been up and down the mountaintop and they're coming back with great gifts and sharing their stories. And many times, as we're gonna talk about today, there's something called a dummy tax, where you get to learn from all the mistakes somebody made and they're gonna pay that forward so you're not making those same mistakes. And my guest today, he's worked with the, the person who's been framed, you know, this Jerry Maguire, the movie, right? The movie Jerry Maguire, everybody knows about that. Show me the money, right? Show me the money. So this is one of his partners early on that he was working for. And now he has the biggest sports marketing company in the world. But for him to get to from where he's come from to where he is today, it's been nothing short of seemingly miraculous on the surface, but he had a change in his, in his mind. He had a change in his consciousness and his thinking and his approach to how he's serving and bringing more value to the rest of the world, all right? So today we're gonna to talk about value. We're gonna talk about transforming health because this has been a big mission of his as well because he saw that he was beginning to pour, trying to pour from an empty cup because he was giving so much of himself away that one day he woke up and realized that he had really lost his health and he wasn't being the very best version of him in the things that he was doing. Plus, we're gonna talk about service and how that can pour into our own lives and bring so much benefit to ourselves, but also obviously contributing so much value and transformation to the world around us. All right, so it's gonna be incredible, all right? But listen, I'm on the road right now in my LA studio and when I travel, I love, love, love to bring along my insurance policies for my health, right? These very specific things that add so much vitality. And also these are just things that I have on a daily basis that I really see as like a tonic. A tonic is something that builds up and its benefit as you go along. And so one of those things that I add to my morning coffee or teas and things of that nature are my MCT oils. And I specifically love the emulsified MCT oils from Onnit because it's like a coffee creamer. First of all, it tastes amazing, but the benefits are out of this world. Medium chain triglycerides or MCTs, they don't function like, quote, regular food. 
when you eat a food, maybe this is a wild caught piece of salmon or maybe it's a banana, it has to go through a conversion process in the human body to be used as energy. So that fish currency has to get converted into human currency, if that makes sense. And this conversion process can leave you with a net loss, potentially. It can leave you in a situation where it's taking a lot of energy to try to process this food. Now, that's all good. But what's so unique about MCT oils is that they bypass that natural process and they can essentially go right to the cells directly to be used for fuel, to be used for energy. So that it's like that, that American Express, basically. You never leave home without it, right? It can be converted and used many different places. So it's that instant conversion, all right? This is why MCTs are so beneficial. Also, they've been found to have an instant effect, beneficial thermogenic effect on your metabolism. So helping to support that metabolic rate. So you're burning fat at an optimal level. Also, it's been found to be very, very beneficial to support a healthy microbiome, all right? So some of these compounds that are found in the MCT oil are bad news for pathogenic bacteria, all right? So it could selectively take those guys out and help to support probiotic friendly flora, all right? So just it's good for your gut, it's good for your energy, and it's good for your metabolism, all right? MCT oils, the emulsified MCT oils from on it, all right? I love the vanilla, I love the, I love the cinnamon swirl. They also have coconut, strawberry, so many great flavors. Head over, check them out. It's onit.com forward slash model. That's O-N-N-I-T.com forward slash model. You get 10% off everything, all right? So definitely check them out. Get that MCT oil. I even travel with it, all right? I throw it in my suitcase. I'll wrap it up, maybe put it in a Ziploc bag, the, the bottle, if, if it's opened already. But I got to bring it along. It's like one of my, it's, it's in my superhero utility belt. All right, I need that. All right, you got to be ready. So onit.com forward slash model for 10% off. Now let's get to the Apple Podcast Review of the Week. Another five-star review titled, Look Forward to Listening Every Day by Lowborn. Thank you for the up-to-date nutritional news. This is such an enlightening and motivational podcast. It is important information that our family discusses and learns from. You are a part of our day. We appreciate all that you share. Look forward to each new episode. Thank you so much for leaving that review over on Apple Podcasts. I appreciate it so very much. And listen, if you've yet to leave a review, please pop over and do so. All right. It means a lot to me. And also just to let people know what you think of the show. All right. I appreciate that so very much. Now let's get to our special guest and our topic of the day. My guest today, I found out first on my friend Ed Milet's show. So Ed had an epic, epic episode here on the Model Health Show, and I did an interview for Ed's show as well, which is just breaking the records, all right, with his exposure and downloads and the reach that Ed is is making right now. And so we'll put his episode in the show notes and also me on his show. And so in preparation and just doing some research on Ed, I was listening to a couple of episodes of his show, and, you know, it was it was great. But when I heard my guest today on Ed's show, I was just blown away. I was literally like, who is this guy? His story is incredible. How in the world does everybody not know about him? And he's just been behind the scenes making all of these incredible moves, helping so many people. And the way that he's going about it is no less than just re- remarkable. It's absolutely remarkable because there's a lot of heart and there's a lot of, there's a lot of giving behind what he does. And he's also one of the most successful people on the planet. 
And so I can't wait to share his insight with you. My guest today is David Meltzer, and he's a former CEO of the legendary Lee Steinberg Sports and Entertainment and the co-founder and CEO of Sports One Marketing, arguably the most notable sports marketing firm in the world. He started with nothing and became a millionaire just nine months out of law school, but then he lost it all. And his rise back and beyond where he was before forced him to codify the rules of success. And to that end, everything that he and his business partner, Hall of Fame quarterback Warren Moon, I got Warren Moon's card. I got his football card that I got from a pack with the bubble gum in it. I still have it. All right. Warren Moon is his business partner and, and friend. Everything that they do has a charitable component, all of their business ventures. And his rules only accelerate their business growth, having that charitable component. Sports One Marketing is currently involved in projects surrounding many of the world's biggest sporting events, including the Super Bowl, the Pro Football Hall of Fame, the Masters, and countless others. Definitely check him out. Follow David on social media, and you'll see why both Forbes and Entrepreneur named him one of the top keynote speakers on the planet and Variety Magazine's Sports Humanitarian of the Year. And I'd like to welcome to the Model Health Show, my man, David Meltzer. What's up, man? Thanks, Sean. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited. Anyone friend with Ed Milet is a friend of mine. Definitely. I love Ed. I <laughs> me love too. Ed. Talk about positivity. Yeah, man. It's so great to have you on. And I want to start with your superhero origin story. All right, because yeah. there's just a nugget right. what I shared here, and I usually don't read people's bio like that, but your story's so fascinating. And just before the show, we're talking about like you've been literally all over the map yeah. with where you've come from. And so let's talk about this. Let's talk about the early years. Yeah. All right, because your kind of childhood background, you were, you didn't definitely didn't think you'd be doing what you're doing today. No, uh, I didn't. I actually thought I'd be a professional football player. Uh, but I grew up in a highly academic environment with a single mom and six kids. Wow. And our way out was education. Uh, but for some reason, all, I'm going to get choked up when I talk about my mom, but all I wanted to do was be rich. And like, not for me, because I grew up happy. You know, five boys, one girl, two-bedroom apartment in Akron, Ohio. It may not seem like a bed of happiness, but it was the start of understanding that I lived in a world of more than enough. Right? The, yeah. And it's very important as we kind of go through this to know that that's the world that I believe in. And even though monetarily, most people would look at me like I was living in the Bagani in Africa, to me it was more than enough. But the only time I wasn't happy was I'd catch my mom crying because, oh. you know, the car broke down and she had too much pride to ask for help. And all these energies and things kind of laid into me. But I just wanted to buy my mom a house and a car. And I thought because I was so fast... <laughs> for running scared from people, uh, that I would be a professional football player. Yeah. Although all my siblings, they reached academically, Harvard, Penn, Columbia. I was kind of the black sheep of the family because I believed, truly believed in myself that I was going to tear my way out of this economic downturn by being a great athlete. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I did not know that part. That's, that's incredible. And I could just see just the connection and the drive. I think that's so important because a lot of people are like, I want to be rich, but why? Right. Why would, why would the universe endow you with these funds if you don't have a very specific reason? Yeah, there has to be a why to everything that you do, yeah. right? And then the how comes, right? It's yeah. what do you want? Why do you want it? And how are you going to get it? And those are three things I still use today. And I see so many people not even know what they want. Right. They don't even know that they want to be happy. Mm. You know, I tell people all the time, you guarantee happiness from the time you open your eyes till the time you close it. That's enough. 
That's enough. And allow the universe to unravel in front of you. Allow things to happen, you know. And the way you do that is to be of service. Yeah. And I didn't know that when I was young, though. <laughs> right. And so, but coming out of law school, yeah. you had a pretty meteoric rise. Yeah, you know, I, I learned a lot you know, wanting to be a professional football player and getting my butt kicked, then wanting to be a doctor and learning that I better be more interested than interesting, you know, which really played later in life as I ran Lee Steinberg. So many people still today are like, Mr. Meltzer, I want to be a sports agent. And I think back to when I was 18 years old and realized I wasn't going to be an NFL player when I got my butt kicked in college. And my brother in the hospital, he's like, I go, hey, I hate hospitals. He's like, Dave, you want to be a doctor and you hate hospitals? <laughs> that one line, though, yeah. be more interested than interesting, changed my life. Yeah. And so I graduated law school more interested than interesting. I had two choices, to be a litigator or to work in technology, in the internet. This is the early 90s. People didn't really know what the internet was yet. Right. So I asked my mom, you know, what should I do? And she says, the internet's going to be a fad, be a real lawyer. But I decided not to. Oh man, the classic, the internet's gonna be fat. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a friend like. So she, is social media, by the way. <laughs> right, right. You're welcome. Yeah. That's so crazy. I, I haven't shared this with you before, but so I'm obsessed with health. I'm obsessed with biology, kinesiology. Like these are my deep, deep passions. And initially, I went to school pre med, but I, I found out that I hated science. I hated wow. it. I hated everything about it. But it was the way that I was taught. You know, it was so disconnected from my reality as a human. Yeah. And so once there was a connection, like I lost my health. And so my kind of journey back and discovering how much all these things that I was learning in class in this kind of technical, superficial way related to me. And so I decided to make this so much more colorful for everybody else and make that connection happen, you know? And so being interesting, you know, and that's what it's really about. It really makes a connection. Yeah, it really does. And I think the second lesson, too, I learned, and I think it's important for everyone out there, is a lot of times we ask advice from people that we love so much. That doesn't mean it's good advice. Mm. And then we end up resenting the people we love the most because we ask them a question that there's no way they would know. Right? Asking my mom, a second grade teacher, about the Internet, bad move. Right? <laughs> right. And she was giving me advice yeah. on what she felt would be best right. for She's me. Looking out for you. But if I if I didn't get involved in the technology side of things, I never would have evolved to what my life was. I never would have had the rise uh, within nine months of being a millionaire right out of law school. That's nuts. That was so, nuts. <laughs> I'm, I'm, lately, I've been really kind of for whatever reason, and that's why I asked you before the show if you uh, met my friend Bedros Koulian before, which I'm going to definitely link you guys up. If Please. And um, I, I talked to him about failure because he's had some of the craziest stories of failure. And today, you know, a lot of the, the great uh, entrepreneurs and people in, in, in the fitness business, they go to him to go to another level because he's so uh, acclimated to success now. And so I want to ask you, like, how, what happened? So you had this meteoric rise and you yeah. lost everything. So, you know, simply I surrounded myself, and this is what you were talking about when you started the show, surrounded myself with the wrong people and the wrong ideas. I attach my happiness to outcomes again and again. I'll be happy when I graduate law school. I'll be happy when I make a million dollars. What happened was I kept be becoming more and more successful. I ran, you know, Samsung's first phone, their very first smartphone called the PC phone. I was the CEO at 32, right, of the very first smartphone ever. And I built this beautiful home, you know, down in San Diego and Rancho Santa Fe. And I remember I had no why. I sat there empty. And I started this process of self-sabotage by surrounding myself with the wrong people and the wrong ideas. And pretty soon I lost stake in who I was. Mm -hmm. And I went back, and thanks to my wife, and I realized who I was and, you know, started living my life with those values. Wow. Wow. 
So it's not just the people we're around, it's the ideas we're around. No doubt, that's why you listen to the podcast you listen to. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Can you talk a little bit more about that? I think that's really fascinating. Yeah, because there's an energy to every action, thought, and belief. And when we're, you know, I, I, even your ec economy, I would say, look at your five best friends. Average their salaries out, that's probably what you make. You'll be amazed. You are, you are an aggregate of what you read, what you listen to, who you hang out with. And when you do that, you start realizing that and, and so everybody from Tony Robbins, they talk about surrounding yourself with the right people and the right ideas. And when I started reading uh, Napoleon Hill and Wayne Dyer and, and all of these, all of a sudden, you know, I started elevating my vibration and mm -hmm. looking at vibration. I know on the health side, you understand it is a critical component. It's a thermostat that Ed and I talk about that vibration, the higher you vibrate. You can only be aware of that which vibrates equal to or less than you. So if you're continually to expand and elevating your vibration closer to the truth, you're going to be aware of so much more than everyone else. Right. That's something that I've been, I've touched on a couple of times. We've done over 300 shows. Wow. And I've talked about being able to handle the wattage of this abundance that you want to have. Are you actually capable of handling that good that you actually want to have? Yeah. Right? And it, it takes a lot of inner work. It takes a lot of physical work, you know, it's not just a, a mental or spiritual thing, but physically to be able to handle all of that goodness. And even, in, I know it sounds crazy, but you could probably speak on that a little bit too. Yeah, no doubt. And some people, I've worked with a guy named uh, Master and Dr. Shaw. He's probably one of the biggest healers in the world. You know, a grandmaster from China and he's a medical doctor. He gave me these beads and I, I trace calligraphies for energy and enlightenment every day to carry that energy. And when people go to his workshops, at the end, the biggest comment I always get is, man, I feel terrible, right? I feel so bad, because mm. physically, they can't handle, mm. like literally, when you go to Tony Robbins or other workshops, if you ever end it and you just think you're exhausted, but you actually physically ache mm. and people get sick sometimes, yeah. it's because they can't physically handle the elevation that quick. You know, it's like not jogging and then running a marathon. Right. Your body's gonna be really sore. It's not humanly impossible, but you can actually do that emotionally, energy in motion. And I see it all the time that people don't, uh, as John Asaroff says, they don't do the pr appropriate inner size. They do the appropriate exercise, yeah. but they're not using the parts of their inner size to, to make sure they're fit and ready for what they're asking for. Yeah. So what do you recommend people do to do that inner size? Absolutely meditate and every day. So one of the things that I teach is the consistency of things. I believe two minutes of meditation every day is worth more than an hour a week. I can prove it in sports. Golf's the easiest way. I'll tell anyone, look, golf 30 minutes a day with the appropriate help, 30 minutes a day focusing in on a certain area of the game. By an end of the year, you'll be a much better golfer, guarantee. Even if you don't play one round of golf. Whereas if you play six hours of golf every week on a Saturday, which is twice as much time as a half an hour every day, you could be worse, a worse golfer. Mm. Same thing's true about meditation. And that's because there's exponential power in doing something every day. Yeah. It goes from your cellular to your neural pathways into your unconscious. Absolutely, yeah. And so what you're talking about as well, and we've touched on this many times, but this is why I love talking with you because it brings stuff full circle. It's like this myelination process, right? So you've got those nerve pathways firing in a certain way. And you're laying down more and more insulation over those pathways so they start firing automatically. Yeah. Versus perfect. that when it's randomly happening and you're wondering why things aren't getting better. Yeah, you create these systems and wiring that's wired to your success of what you want. And just in the contrary, there's a zero effect. 
that you and I had mentioned before. And this is where people don't get it. They literally, you could do something, let's say I give you to say thank you 30 straight days. Day one, it's one. Day two, it's one times two. That's the power of gratitude. Day three, it's one times two times three. Day four times four. Day five, you forget. That's time zero. So at the end of the month, if you want to harness the whole power of gratitude, you would be at multiples of 31, the permeation of 31. But let's say you zeroed yourself out three times. Now, in your mind, you're thinking, I did it all month, 28 days, man, I'm on it. I'm super grateful. But you've zeroed yourself out. So you either get no results or incremental results compared to the person who can consistently, which leads to persistence, Right? When you do something yeah. every day, then you don't quit right. the enjoyment of right. the pursuit of that potential, the highest vibration, the truth. Right. It becomes a part of who you are. Yeah. It's, it's, it's difficult. And I know some people, when they don't have this as a part of their life, but there are many people listening who they feel weird or off or even terrible if they don't exercise. Yeah. Because it's so much a part of their psyche. Yeah, that's so what habits are formed. That's a great point. And that can happen with good habits or bad habits. Right. You can feel drain or loss. Yeah. 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 So you just brought up something that I wanted to talk with you about, and it's, you said gratitude. And this can seem kind of airy-fairy. This can seem <laughs> kind of disconnected. I call it woo-woo. <laughs> you know? And so, but I, I feel that this is the one thing that I do no matter what. Some things might get kind of checked off or cut off de- depending on the schedule. You know, for many years, my schedule in, in t- entailed uh, meditation, exercise, reading, you know, drinking water, all of these things. I do the water no matter what, this inner bath that I've been yeah. uh, teaching people about for many <laughs> years is in different books now. Um, and I read, like that's those are the first two things that I do. Meditation, it's not like it used to be. I used to meditate for 30 minutes for like two and a half years straight. And then it started to change, especially after I had a younger child show up and I do more mini meditations. But every day, no matter what, I still have this gratitude practice. And it just, it shifts my energy in a really profound way. And it really gets me focused on why I'm doing what I'm doing. So can you talk about for you the the utility value of why gratitude works? Yeah, the utility value is that it's the easiest way to change your life. So we both have studied physics, quantum physics, metaphysics, and all the different things that I've learned, nothing changes your life more than your perspective. And there's only one factor in perspective And that's whether you're grateful for it or not. Because what gratitude does, it makes everything in your past better, everything in your present even better than that, and everything in your future even brighter. It's an entire perspective changer. And so what we want to do is program ourselves, wire ourselves to be grateful. And the power of it went beyond just saying thank you in the morning when I woke up and listing out like a little five-year-old what I was grateful for and thank you when I went to bed. It started truly invading everything I did. I'll give you an example. You know, I was on my way home, pick up my son, and I was late. I'm accountable for being late. And of course, I get stopped at the red light. In the past, I would always swear, (laughs) get aggravated, be detrimental, raise resistance, and then most likely attract more red lights on the way or other things to stop me. I used gratitude all of a sudden and said, thank you. Thank you for giving me this opportunity. Obviously, there's something in store for me that you're teaching me. Mm -hmm. And this is the formula. Lessons are miracles. Period. Lessons in life are the miracles of life. Well, how do you learn lessons? Through experiences. Those experiences can be seen as good or bad. But they truly are just experiences. So what makes an experience good or bad? Gratitude. 
if something happens to you and you're grateful for it, like for me, I lost everything, as you stated earlier, right? When I truly believed and understood that I was so grateful that losing everything brought radical humility into my life, a great lesson. is yeah. a miracle. Yeah. Without the miracle of radical humility, I won't be where I am today. So in essence, the best thing that ever happened to me, most people would consider the hardest, most challenging, worst thing that ever happened to them, but it's the miracle of my life. It's the miracle of humility and one of the key components, one of the key characteristics to give me a better perspective along with gratitude. I love that. I love it so much because as soon as you said it, it makes the past better. I was like, what is this? <laughs> it's so real. But I think that you've also, it's a, it's a muscle that you exercise because like you said. Inner size. When, yes, inner <laughs> right. size. When yeah. something negative, seemingly negative on the surface is going on for you to stop and then to realize like, wait a minute, this is happening for me. Right? It's not happening to me. It's a gift in it somewhere. Oh, let me touch on that one. Yeah, you kill me because I've just went through this transformation. You'll love it. So I used to think everything happened to me, right? I remember when my brother died when I was in law school, and I, my, I mean, I almost had to drop out of law school, and I went home to my mom to tell her I was quitting law school, and my uncle, he's like, my biggest fear is you think everything happens to you. You're a victim. I've never seen you be a victim, Dave. Right? He's like, you're making, things don't happen to you. They happen for you. The universe is in your favor. It's always been in your favor. Right? And, and so I lived the rest of my time thinking that. My new, new philosophy, which I think is just incredible, is things don't even happen for me anymore. They happen through me. Mm -hmm. So they're coming down for me. And then the only way they actually have value is when I give them away. X plus David equals more C coming through me. And that emptying of the vessel, keeping in the flow allows me to attract and handle everything that I want. And how do we have things come through us? By doing good deeds. So as many as we can. And that living an inspired life. So I tell people all the time, hold on. It's better than things are happening for you, man. They're happening through you. So not only happening for you, it's happening for everybody else because we're all connected. So it's all happening for and through us, and that gives me motivation. People say, why money is so important? You have make a lot of money, help a lot of people, have a lot of fun, because everything comes through me. So the more money that I make, it's coming for everyone, not only for me. This is one of the greatest things I've ever heard. <laughs> I've worked hard on it. <laughs> this is just blowing my mind right now, and I've never shared this before. This is just uh, something that I carry in my mental construct, even before I did the show or... Um, if I'm going on stage, I always ask that, 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 and I've never said these words out loud, spirit speak through me and goodness speak through me, Sp service come through me. Yeah. And I've never heard anybody else articulate it, you know, and it's just so refreshing to hear this because it's like, it's a different level of being. And it's not just me and my little self that I have to do this job. It's something bigger. And I get to participate in it rather than... Yeah. And when Whatever. you step off stage, right, you know it came through you because you, everyone else can tell you what you said, but you have no idea. Because <laughs> it came right through you. Yeah. Right? It didn't come from you or to you or even for you. Yeah. That's beautiful, man. It's, and it would help everybody if we all thought about the connectivity, which is through emotions, energy and motion. And the more energy that we have, the more it keeps flowing. And then people are like, how do you do everything that you do? It's just coming through me. Yeah. Yeah. So let's shift gears and kind of get back to your story sure. because losing everything and then having not just achieving by the way i don't know if you've thought about this before but when i when we talk about intention and we talk about people being very clear on what it is that they want 
but sometimes we have things that might be quote unrealistic and oftentimes that's just somebody else saying that yeah but i've shared this many times because i've seen it enough times that you know if somebody's uh a certain maybe they're you know five foot nine and they're trying to get to the nba yeah and maybe that might not happen but you might end up in partnership with the nba right and so your story and hearing you knew that you were nfl bound now one of your best friends on the planet is a hall of fame football player warren moon and the work that you do with the nfl how nuts is that have oh, you ever thought about that yeah it gets even nuttier. you land it it's just like you know you shoot for the, the moon you land amongst the stars i landed on the moon right warren moon right <laughs> <laughs> no think about this i went to law school to be a sports agent as a backup i studied admiralty law i went to tulane university to study both if somebody asked me how do you become a sports agent? What if I told him, go to law school, don't practice law, sell legal research online, then work for a wireless proxy server in the Silicon Valley as a director, then become CEO of a handheld device company, then retire, start being a VC, an investor, and a real estate guy, own a golf course, a ski mountain, lose everything, and then create a shift in the paradigm, a quantum shift in your life to provide value and be of service and manifest the CEO and founder of the most notable sports agency in the world, Jerry Maguire, Lee Steinberg, who will hire you in 48 hours from time he met you. That's how you become a sports agent. <laughs> now, that's how life works though. Yeah, crazy. That's how crazy it is for yeah. me. And including my favorite Warren Moon story is when I moved to, from Akron, Ohio to California, I was a huge Ohio State football fan. In the Rose Bowl that year, 1978, Warren Moon was Michigan was playing Michigan as a 16 and a half point underdog in the Rose Bowl. I asked my mom and begged her if we could go to the Rose Bowl with six kids, single mom. She packed us into the country station, country squire station wagon, and I thought I was going to the Rose Bowl game. No, we were going at 4 a.m. to sit on the curb of Colorado Boulevard to watch the parade. It was the most crushing thing for me. My and. But Warren Moon was playing, and I remember on my way home listening to the game on the radio because we couldn't afford to go to the game and thinking to myself, you know, although Ohio State's my favorite team, whoever plays Michigan is my second favorite. <laughs> and here was this unbelievable quarterback, Warren Moon, that beat, you know, Michigan in MVP of the Rose Bowl. Yes. And someday, there I am, you know, 40 years later, my best friend and business partner. Nuts. That's amazing. <laughs> All right. So I would love to talk about how. Right? How did you, you're coming back, you've got this fresh perspective in building your company to be literally like the sports management company on the planet. So what are those kind of guiding principles? How did you get from point A to this superstar status? It's so much fun because most people think it's complex. And I always say the universe loves simple. Einstein talks about things being simple. And I know you love that as well. Um, but. I've got to stop you. Yeah, this is a, there's too many. This is one of my guiding <laughs> principles. Einstein said, "If it's if you if you can't explain it simply, then you don't know it well enough." And that is like when when I heard that, it became my modus operandi. But go ahead. Yeah, and that, and it became mine. And so when my wife told me to go back and take stock in who I was, I came up with four things: gratitude gave me perspective, two empathy, which was forgiveness, and there's only one person that I had to forgive myself. The third one was accountability. Simple question, what did I do to attract it to myself and what am I supposed to learn from it? What miracle can come from it? And then finally, critically, the effective communication piece. How do I emotionally connect to everyone 
to make their lives better, emotionally connect, and also how do I emotionally connect to that which inspires me? Whatever you want to define that as. I built a company, many people may not believe the simplicity of it, off of gratitude, empathy, accountability, and effective communication. Everything that our company does is to create abundance. That means make a lot of money through us to help others and to have fun since it's sports and entertainment and surround ourselves with the right people. But when interns come in and new employees come in and they have all these great aspirations of, I'm going to teach them how to be a sports journalist, sports agent, sports marketer, publicist. And I say, look, I'm only going to teach you four things. (laughs) You should see their face. They think, what what do you mean? Look, those skills, you'll develop. I can give you access to all types of mentorship, all types of content and information that will help you develop your skills and enhance your knowledge. That's not a problem, right? That's not a problem. Where we're going to succeed is all of us in a collective consciousness, all of us gather together to provide value through gratitude, empathy, accountability, and effective communication. And that is the key. No employee can live in our company without those four key principles. And if you ask anyone when you come visit us, Sean, ask them what are the four things that you learn here? What are the four things you do here? They'll all tell you the exact same thing. Let me ask them, what, what's the four things you guys learn? Gratitude, empathy, accountability, and effective communication. Dang, like that, right there, tattooed. Every meeting, every Monday morning (laughs) meeting, every Friday, anyone that comes in, because I know, and it frustrates me, because it's so simple. I'll tell you another one that has changed my business, and I, I, it's simple, but I know it's gonna change your life. Be a student of your calendar. Now, I know that sounds simple, but people don't study their calendar. So the time and ego are the two things that get in your way. And it's not, when I say study the calendar, that means look at everything you do in person on the phone via email or social media. Well, look at that calendar. Look into deep past what actually is happening. Because if you just look at your calendar, you'll forget 90% of it immediately, let alone the rest of the day. There's no way you know what you're doing at 1215. But when you study your calendar and you say, who else can I help? Who else can help me? What value can I bring? But not only do I look at what I'm doing as a student in my calendar? I look through an eye of productivity and accessibility. How productive am I going to be? But also how accessible am I am to others? As well as what am I going to access out of this? But more importantly, I look at the white space of my calendar. The empty part. Mm-hmm. I study it. What am I? People don't realize that's the most important part. Being productive and accessible when you don't have people, emails, text, or social media things to do. That white space is where it all happens. That's where you develop your relationships with your parents and your kids and your friends. That's where you exercise. You know, and I started filling up my white space. This is where I'm going to call my mom for one minute to tell her I love and appreciate her. Change my whole relationship with my mom because I call her every single day, text her, email her, and let her know I love and appreciate her. My relationship changed. I don't have to prove prove to her I love and appreciate. So she's not calling me saying, hey, can you get this for me or can you drive down? She never does that because she knows. That's the only reason parents ask you those things. They can do it themselves. They want you to show them they love and appreciate. So yeah. if people are out there asking you to do stuff that you know they can do themselves, it's because you're not showing them or giving them what they need. Mm. And when you look at things through that accessibility, how can I be of service? Then find out what people need, whether you know them or not. Yeah. You, I, I ask people all the time on the street, how can I be of service? You just see their face. What? Some people say, <laughs> can you give me a dollar? Some people say, can you buy me lunch? Some people say, nothing really. Or, hey, I work for this charity. Or could you... And the whole world gets better. Yeah. What a concept. Yeah. It's so, like simple. you said, it's so simple. <laughs> so simple. But it's another guiding light into um, 
and to see that an organization is built on that is just really refreshing. And that there's a, a service component. There's a charitable component to everything that you get involved with now. Is yeah, that my, right? In my whole life. So I wake up every morning, and before I do my gratitude prayer, I pray for 10 people that God will put in front of me that I can help. First prayer. May 10 people come in for me that I can help. And everything that I do has to have a purpose or a cause tied to it. So everybody that we do business with, we have to understand the why. You know, why are we doing this? Because it can't just be for money because money's coming through me. What are we going to do with what we produce? How accessible are we going to be, the duality of it? And I think, you know, it seems cliche a lot of times. You know, I wrote a book called Compassionate Capitalism that talks about the merchant priests and how they would do it for the service of it and but make money. And I am a compassionate. I think making money is a good thing. Here, here's where it changed for me as I got older. I used to always think that I had to look at what was I doing with my money that determined how good the money was, right? So I always kind of had that side of it. Okay, well, as long as I make a lot of money, but I'm helping the big brothers, big sisters, and the Boys and Girls Club, and St. Jude, and Crescent Moon, right? But it was much bigger than that, and most people don't think about it. I actually think about how am I making my money, and where is it going? Mm -hmm. And I think you have to extend and challenge yourself to say, how am I attracting abundance? Am I helping people by attracting abundance? Am I empowering people by, you know, and really challenge yourself to be compassionate in the way that you attract your abundance and what you do with it? Yeah, I think that congruency accelerates that abundance as well. Yeah, because I, I mean, I literally know some folks who are like, um, they're, they're a health coach, but then they're working for a pharmaceutical company, you know, just to make ends meet, you yeah. know, and they're just like, I don't want to do this, but, it's you know. It's soul sucking. So, yeah, yeah, and that honesty is important, you know, and then the action has to come along with that. Yeah. Because I think you're a big person on the action side as well, because it's not just thinking about it and, you know, I'm gonna manifest something, you know, with my mind, but you need to put your feet in action. Yeah, I learned something, great law, right? I've always believed in the law of attraction, the laws of the universe, you know, the eight golden laws, but John Asaroff and I, you know, who, who wrote Inner Size, he blew me away when he said, Dave, but you're more of a law of Goya guy than I see the law of the universe. I'm like, what's the law of Goya? And he goes, get off your butt, right? Yeah. <laughs> the law of that. And yeah, I'm an action guy. What good is all your ideas? What good is doing well if you're not taking action? Go back to Einstein. What does he say? The first step is to take action. Very first step. Very first step. Nothing happens until... It moves. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's just potential energy until you put it in motion. Yeah. And man, that's so fascinating. You know, there's a component to, and, and I mentioned this to you before the, sh the show started, but Thrive Market. Every organization that I'm involved with has a charitable component. They're not just looking at this little small window of how can I make money, but how can I serve at a bigger level? And so I think you're gonna love this, but Thrive Market, what they're doing right now, because one of the biggest barriers of entry for getting healthy food, you know, people, I wanna eat healthier, but the expense. Yeah. And it, depending on what level you're at, it can be definitely expensive. You know, it, it costs more for a lot of companies to do things the right way. And so what they decided to do was to eliminate that as an issue and to curate uh, food products, personal care items, household products without all these crazy chemicals but doing this in a way that they're working directly with the companies, the very best companies, and so there is going to be direct to consumer. And so what they are doing now is offering, and they've been around for a couple of years now. First, when I found out about them, I was like, 
How are you guys even making money? <laughs> because I was saving so much. And I love Whole Foods. I think they're great. Yeah. And they provide this. It's like change culture. But, you know, the nickname is like Whole Paycheck. And so many of the, <laughs> the many of the same products, they, they have them available for most items, 25 to 50% off what you find at Whole Foods. So the toothpaste that I was using, the coconut oil I was buying, the chia seeds, all these things, 25 to 50% less. And so also, by the way, for listeners, first time when you um, take advantage of this and go over to thrivemarket.com forward slash model health, you get an additional 25% off your entire first purchase and you get free shipping. Now, here's the other part. Listen to this. Every new member, by the way, you want to keep the membership because it's just going to keep paying you back. They give away a free membership to somebody in need. This can be a veteran. This can be uh, a teacher. This can be, you know, a low income household. And they're going to pay that, not even pay it for, they're just going to give. Yeah. Right. So every time when you invest, you're helping somebody else and helping your own family and your own well-being. So head over, check them out. It's thrivemarket.com forward slash model health. Together is one word, model health. And again, 25 to 50% off all these products already. An additional 25% off. All right. Your first purchase and free shipping because free shipping can get me. You know, like I'll spend $300 on some clothes and shoes or whatever for my kid. And it's like $20 shipping. I was like, I'll just go to the store. You know, it's so silly, but that might be a barrier of entry. So free shipping as well. All right, head over, check them out. Thrivemarket.com forward slash model health. For free shipping for me, like one thing that drives me crazy. And that's why I, I give my book to anyone that asks. Right. So I'll, I, I don't get, give a free book and charge you for shipping. I pay for the shipping. Mm. Right. I'll fly That's Middle Sea Southwest yeah. instead of flying private so I can pay for shipping for the month for the thousand people that request books from me because of Thrive. It, it literally is a thriving idea. I built a, a sales system, Five to Thrive. You know, stimulate interest, transition interest, share a vision, manage and develop a vision, then thrive. The idea of Thrive is my personal mission empower others to empower others. When you create two pieces of energy, they create more energy. Yeah. And that pay it forward, not pay it forward, is. It's thriving. And if people believe in, in really being of service and helping others, everything will thrive. It just it goes through us and then through others. And so I think it's really important. I know Thrive's a great company, but the concept in living true to what their name is is essential, which is indicative of someone giving you free shipping. <laughs> <laughs> so come get my book. I'll send it to you for free. Oh, man. I love it. So you can I thrive it. with it. So... There's so many things I want to ask you about, but you talked earlier about being around the right people, the right ideas, but not just being around the right people, but being the right person yourself. And there's something I heard you talk about that really struck a chord with me, the 99 percenters. And it's very similar to something I've been talking about, but just kind of talking about with my wife for a while. So can you talk about what that is? Yeah. So, you know, there's potential, which is 100 percent. And people feel it's kind of like the zeroing effect, right? We, I've done everything that I can. And 99 percent doesn't get you there. It's the empty mile. Mm. Right? I don't even call it the extra mile. The lo like they say, the extra mile is lonely. I think the extra mile, the last 1 percent is truly empty. And that, you know, when we do something, it has to be consistent every day, persistent without quit and enjoyment of the pursuit of that 100 percent. And that, you know, when we hold ourselves to a 100% standard, yeah. right, not the 99%. Yeah. Because it is, I, I've had great employees. I used to tell them all the time, you know what, I wish you intentionally did this. Because then I could fire you. But you're just being a 99%er, yeah. 
right? And so if you live 100% in gratitude, empathy, accountability, and effective communication, you will get this exponential result, the one times two times three, all the way up to as many days as you can do it. And then when it starts firing, it, it's exponential. It's exponential. Uh, giving will be a good example. When I first made my real first paycheck, I, I wasn't bankrupt when I went to start to work for Lee. The, the, the snowball kind of effect happened while I was working with Lee. And so I, I lost my money. And so the hardest thing I had to do was go ahead and tell my mom that I know my dream was to buy you a house and a car, but I just lost your house and you need to move out. Mm. And then walk into my dream job, being CEO of Lee Steinberg, you know, the Jerry Maguire movie, going into Lee and saying, hey, you know the great and powerful CEO that has the Midas touch, that owned the golf course, the ski mountain, and the guy you brag about how successful I am? I lost everything, right? That, that there, you know, 99% or until what? I took 100% accountability. Yeah. Right. It's a different thing. It, yeah. it takes your whole being. And so many people cheat themselves because they do work hard, but they waste it by not completing it. They're not giving everything they have. It, for me, it makes no sense. But I can. Let me take a step back. I, I, I can understand it because I've been there. Yeah. But for me, a great example. We were renovating our, our old house, you know, to put it on the market. And this house has just been just a headache. Everything, the money pit for real, like right. the real life I've money been there. pit. And we had a guy came on board. You know, it's like a friend of a friend type of thing. And he does great work. And he did so much work. He put on, put in a lot of hours. You know, going to you know the Home Depot and just spinning there and doing everything. It just it, the house looks really beautiful. But there are all these small things, just like ten tiny things that might take him two hours to finish, and he just ghosted, oh. right? I started like having a, and I'm not the kind of guy that's gonna run after anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But after like the third call, I'm just like, man, he just, he's a, he's a 99 percenter. Literally, I've had this conversation with my wife, like, why, why don't people just go just finish? It's just one percent left. Yeah. And then I heard you talk about the 99 percenters. I was like, I love this man, yeah. you know? But it, it this happens so consistently, you know, somebody reached out, and uh, my wife got these incredible pr products for her hair. You know, she has natural hair and yeah. she, you know, it can be complicated in her universe, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so, and she loved the products more than anything that she's had. And so she was trying to connect her with the person, you know, with somebody else. But just that follow-up, not really being there. It's just like, you did all this work to get to this. Now we're gonna possibly blow you up. You gotta be right there and be ready. You know, follow through on that 1%. Yeah, think about grass. This is one of my favorite analogies, right? So grass grows from down in the soft, moist dirt. It's easy, right? And as it gets closer to breaking through, right, that thermostat, yeah. that last 1% is hard. Yeah. And you got a flimsy piece of grass. But if you push through the last 1%, boom, it grows, right? Bamboo will grow. It takes five years to get, and then in one month, it grows like 40 mm. feet or whatever. Yeah. That's what the last 1% is with. That's what the empty mile is for. And that's where the enjoyment to me, the enjoyment is that difficulty of breaking through. And it's part of the reason we have difficulty when you say you don't know why people do it, it's because it's unconscious, right? There's a duality in the unconscious. One is energetically. We keep attracting the same shortages, voids, obstacles, and limitations. Energetically, we have a thermostat. And Ed and I discussed that, right? Breaking through. So you gotta shift your energy. But the other side that I've been studying, which is interesting, that you'll understand from being 
health oriented and, and understanding as a student is there is a g- genetic disposition. There's a DNA that you carry that's been handed down from four generations down to you that you have a disposition, personalities, traits, characteristics, even addictions and obsessions that have been carried down that are programmed. And there's an exogenetic layer that can activate and deactivate, including your health. And I know you are one of the people that, to me, have proven that, understanding how to deactivate certain things within your bone by looking and being more interested than interesting. And what you did was simply, number one, you shifted your energy for your health, but two, you just deactivated the DNA. That, it, it, that's the way the human computer works, that code. And so why people can't do the extra 1%, sometimes it's just an unconscious competency that they believe is their reality. Yeah, yeah. But the great news is that it's changeable. Yeah, right. It's changeable. You yeah. know. Wow, that's so great, man. So great. I love that analogy with the grass. That <laughs> is so powerful and so true. So another big thing that you know I picked up from following you and... It's just been a fascinating thing for me recently, and I've been talking about this, is learning from other people, not just yourself. You know, learning from other people's mistakes, because it's not just success leaves clues, right? Failure leaves some (laughs) huge, huge clues as well. So you talk about this concept of a dummy tax. Yeah. You talk about that. Yeah. First of all, I give a dummy tax award. Uh, Dummy tax is what you pay from the lessons that you learn, right? That's the Mm -hmm. tax you pay. And so, you know, I use this analogy at my company. I want to encourage people to make mistakes. So I give a dummy tax award that basically we go around the room, you know, at least once a month and say, what mistake did you make? Did it break gratitude, empathy, accountability? These are the whys. You can narrow it to all four. And, you know, what effect did it have and what did you learn? And so then I pick out who paid the most dummy tax and I pay him back with cash. A cash bonus to pay him <laughs> wow. back. Here's my analogy of the wow. dummy tax. We try to do everything ourselves, right? Why? Well, it doesn't make any sense. I'm five foot seven. If I have to read something 10 feet up, I can go get it, right? I can figure it out. I can go, you know, work, build this stuff up and climb on your desk. I run risks. I could fall, I could slip, right? It takes way more time. But how easy is it to be walk over to that guy over there that's six, seven and say, hey, can you reach that for me? Right. Yeah. That's how life works. Why is it we want to take all the time and pay the dummy tax ourselves when simply, first of all, there's no bigger compliment or way to make someone feel good about themselves than say, hey man, you're an expert at this. Can you help me? I know you know, every, you have this situational knowledge. Every time someone says, Dave, can you help me with this? Yeah. It's, it makes me feel so good. Yeah. And then I make them feel good. And they don't have to go lose over $100 million in real estate. They could ask me, let, I'll tell you this, I owned a golf course, $12 million to build, right, all in, went over $120 million. If I would have picked up the yellow pages at the time, if people don't know what that is, there's a book that had all the numbers in it, <laughs> and just picked out any golf course owner and said, hey, man, what am I supposed to do? Not one of those guys would have said, leverage it for everything you have. Right? Every golf course guy would have told me the same advice because I got it later. Oh, dude, you need to be the third owner of a golf course. That's the guy that makes mm. money, not the first owner. And right. if you're the first owner and you got a golf course that's worth money, sell it. <laughs> Think about how, how much I would have saved myself. Yeah. So my first step is to ask for help. Yeah. And then what do I do? Offer help. Right. First step is all accessibility. Can I be of service or can I ask you for a favor? I heard you're really good at you know old fashioned cars. I, I want to buy one for my wife. Can you help me get one? Right. That was dummy tax. Like when I got an expert helping me. 
it's it's not just you're telling them what to do, but what not to do, which can be far more valuable. Of of course, of course, you know. But always find you should have three mentors at all time in your life that sit in the situation that you want to be in. It could be a relationship to money. It could be he's happily married. Whatever you want, have that mentor, learn from it, and move on. Absolutely. So another thing is uh, recently you had a big revelation about your health. Yes. And you kind of shifted gears and put massive action towards getting yourself in the best shape. Yes. Yeah. So can you talk about, and I love this this quote that that you said at the end of one of your videos, and make sure to follow him on Instagram. It's incredible. (laughs) I spend more on my health than people spend on a Ferrari. Yeah. So what sparked this intention for you to start really focusing on you? So I started seeing myself because of all the speaking and social media and all of that, when you start looking at yourself. Because our own self-opinion, you know, age is a funny thing. You can never describe it to someone and you always feel better than you really are. You know, if you have a positive attitude, it can work against you. Well, I started seeing myself on stage and go, man, I'm not in good shape. In my head, somehow, I thought I was that guy playing football, right? And so I, I started talking to people about habits and I started becoming a hypocrite. I'm like, wait a second, I'm teaching people about habits. I'm not healthy. So my initial reaction was, I'm going to diet, right? And I started realizing, no, this is something wrong. And then I was approached by a guy from Stark, which is a full 360 type of, uh, you know, nutrition, stretching, AR, everything. And he said to me, look, he goes, you need to make your health a priority because I want you to be around. I want you to be around. And I'm like, wait a second, my health is my third priority. I put my family first, my work second, and my health was third. And I was losing out, both diet, exercise, stretch. I didn't even know how bad I was. And so I went ahead and I changed around my priorities and I made my health my first priority. It was gonna be my greatest expense because if I'm not here, nothing can come through me. And so I literally changed my life. I lost 47 pounds of, of fat. I've gained 11 pounds of muscle. Cardiovascularly, I am beyond flexibility, balance. You know, everything that I do for health is something I can do for life. And so I just simply, like I do for any habit, I set a minimum amount of time that I'm gonna spend on my health. So minimum every single day, consistently, one hour minimum on my health, focusing on my health. You know, cardio, whatever it is, I'm focused on my health, a minimum. And whatever it costs, it comes first. I leave work. I never did this. I leave work to go work out, right? I leave work because it's more important than work. And, you know, so many times people tell me, I heard Tony Robbins the day he was on Paul Rabel. And I love this line. He goes, if you don't have 10 minutes for something, you don't have 10, you don't have a life. Right. But how many people tell me, I don't got time. Right. If you don't, I'm telling you, if you don't have an hour for your health, you don't have a life. Mm. If you are not focused you know, 124th of your day on your being here for as long as you can and enjoying it by being healthy, you don't have a life, just figure something else out. So you should be spending as much money as you can, as much time as you can, focus as you can on yourself so things can go through you and help more. Wow. That's awesome. That's incredible. And that the crazy thing is that it makes everything better. You know, your business exponentially better, your family, your sleep. Yeah, everything, everything. <laughs> and seeing so so many people, you know, because one of the things we get into psychologically is, you know, with family first, we want to make sure that we're a good person and we're standing up for our family. Moms have a bigger issue with this, tends to be. Yeah. And I've worked with thousands of people in a one-on-one context in my clinic. And 
it's very altruistic, seemingly on Martyrous. the surface. Right, Mar right. I'm sacrificing for you, yeah, right? That's what I think. But at the end of the day, your kids don't want you. They want the best you, right? They don't want the beaten down, tired, oftentimes resentful. Dead. Exactly. <laughs> you. You know, let's take care of you first. You are the number one priority so that you can show up as your best self for them. Everything gets better, but we need to start giving moms permission. We need to start giving dads permission. Start giving ourselves permission. Bosses permission. Yes. To leave, right? Yeah, it's and a employees, shift. And employees permission to go be healthy. And I think yeah. it's true. There's, uh, have you ever heard of the Cartman drama triangle? No. K-A-R-P-M-A-N. Something that I just discovered. And it has a I triangle. She's talking about Cartman. Like, <laughs> yeah, South South Park. Yeah. <laughs> I wish. But this drama triangle, it includes the rescuer. And my biggest core energy, emotional energy that I had to shift is that I was a rescuer. Born into a family where I had to rescue my mom, but rescuers are victims. Rescuers are victims. Mm. And it's a really important lesson to think about. It's that mom, she's the rescuer, but she's made herself a victim, right? If she's sick or dies or doesn't have enough, right? All the things, the martyrish sacrifices that she's made, has made she's a rescuer, yeah. but she's made herself a victim. And so I really want to encourage people to look at that and look at that triangle and say, look, I'm not a victim. And it shows all three parties of being a victim. That's powerful. That's powerful. Never heard that before. It's good stuff. Yeah. So speaking of health overall, emotional, mental health, why do you think service is good for our mental and emotional health? Oh, anything that makes us feel good. Right, this positive is the reason you listen to certain things, surround yourself with the right people, the right idea. There's no better truth than love and giving. Right? The truth vibrates the fastest. Right? Of all thoughts, the truth vibrates the fastest. So giving vibrates the fastest. It's the truth, and it's gonna make you feel good. And it's gonna my favorite thing about giving is simply mathematically. There's very few things that you can do. If I give, biochemicals are released in my brain, serotonin, as you know. So it makes me feel good. It's good for everything, right? Yeah. It's good for giving you something makes you feel good. But here's the most powerful thing in the Einstein sense. My favorite part of giving. Not only do you and I feel better when I give and I'm of service, but anyone that witnesses it, whether they witness it in person or when it's captured and perpetuated on the internet or on TV when you're watching or on a movie, when you see that giving of service, we tear up, we, we feel good, right? Think about it. That's the best thing ever. That's why it vibrates the fastest. What else can have that effect other than giving? Just witnessing it. Yeah. That's what's awesome about giving. Wow, oh, I love it, man. So, so powerful. I, I've got a thousand other things <laughs> I wanna to talk to you about. Luckily, I have you now in my circle, in my yes, life. Yes, anytime. So. Man, this has just been awesome. And I would love if you let folks know where they can connect with you, let them know about your show, which is the coolest. Really quickly, <laughs> can you just share some of the cool, incredible folks that you've had on your show? Yeah, so I try to pick out people with, a, it's called The Playbook. Yeah. And so I've had Danica Patrick, Ray Lewis, Warren Moon, of course, Apollo Ono. Uh, we've had Gary V. It, you're coming on, you know, Ed Milat. Just Bob Proctor, it just goes on oh, and on. Wow. I look for people that have situational knowledge that sit in the position that other people wanna get into. And when I talk to Danica Patrick, I don't talk about car racing, right? She talks about things like, hey, 
I'm not racing. Like, this is what I learned from it. This is what I love. Ray Lewis telling you about the eagle or the lion. I especially love Ray Lewis's episode. And then finally, Sugar Ray Leonard, mm-hmm. right? We talked about physical abuse. And he actually, you know, encouraged me to come out and admit my own experience with being abused, you know, which I never had, you know, I believe in illumination, but there's all these layers of things that I'm still afraid to tell people. And so I, I think and hope it encourages and inspires other people to, to live as close to their potential and enjoy it. And that's the playbook. And then of course I got a TV show called Elevator Pitch to help entrepreneurs for the Entrepreneur Magazine. So check out that. I'm at David Meltzer instagram but the easiest way too if you're not into following me on instagram at david Meltzer, just google me i'm blessed to be that david Meltzer. you can find my websites and facebooks and everything i don't hide and if you dm me and want my cell phone i'll give it to you i answer everything myself incredible incredible um you're a superhero you're an absolute (laughs) superhero and i i'm just so blown away by your story and so blown away by the fact of you continuing to have the heart to keep moving forward despite all of the different circumstances that came up along the way and the transformation like you you're like not even a twice borner you're like a third fourth fifth borner <laughs> i'm a cockroach my friend nothing's <laughs> going to get me <laughs> and so i'm just really grateful to to see you and to see your journey and to see now you're sharing it with so many people and it's just so beautiful to have access to that so nice. just thank you for that thank you so final question what is the model that you are here to set for other people with how you live your life personally? It's radical humility. You know, I think time and ego are what create resistance in our life. And the only thing that can overcome time and ego is humility. And that humility of illuminating who we are, being grateful for who we are, it all stems from being humble. You can't ask for help unless you're humble. You can't be of service unless you're humble. You can't be grateful unless you're humble. So the model is is to be humble and be willing to expose and live as close to the truth consistently, persistently, enjoy it every day, your potential. David Meltzer, thank you. Awesome. Thanks, sir. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning into the show today. I hope you got a lot of value out of this. There's so many huge takeaways and my I'm, my wheels are spinning. I don't know about you. And I just feel like taking action and changing my perception. This is another thing that he talks about because our perception is our reality. And what if we started to live in our reality more grateful? What if we started to live more focused on finishing and not being a 99 percenter? All right. I know some people are like, well, I'm like 76 percent. What if we start to follow through? What if we really focus on giving as not just a means of, of helping another person, but understand like this in the bigger picture, this is not just helping them, this is also helping us and the change in the chemical cascade that it has of the effects on our bodies, but also the people around us that witness that giving. And stop holding back on that, you know, really listening to our heart, really see the people in need. Sometimes we don't pay attention because we don't want to, we don't wanna see suffering. We don't wanna see that, you know, other people might not be in a position that you're in. And this is all the more reason to really open ourselves up and to have that empathy. It's another quality that they're right on the money, his whole team in talking about. And so all of these things together, I really think create a really perfected human being. And uh, I know David would probably argue against him being that, but I think that he's one of the prototypes for sure. So thank you so much for tuning into the show today. I hope you got a lot of value out of this. And if you did, make sure to share this out with your friends and family on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. Tag me 
Tag David, let him know what you thought about the episode. All right, I appreciate you so much. We got some incredible episodes coming soon. So take care, have an amazing day, and I'll talk with you soon. And for more after the show, make sure to head over to themodelhealthshow.com. That's where you can find all of the show notes. You can find transcriptions, videos for each episode. And if you got a comment, you can leave me a comment there as well. And please make sure to head over to iTunes and leave us a rating to let everybody know that the show is awesome. And I appreciate that so much. And take care. I promise to keep giving you more powerful, empowering, great content to help you transform your life. Thanks for tuning in.